This is the What Happened Today podcast, your daily history podcast that tells you what happened on this day in history. Brought to you by the Productive Leisure Network, online, ProductiveLeisureNetwork.com, and on Facebook and Twitter, at Prod Leisure. I'm your host, Will Floyd, and what happened today, January 12th in 1932, Hattie Carraway won a special election for the United States Senator from Arkansas becoming the very first woman to win an election for senator in United States history. It is important to note that the seat that Hattie Carraway won was a seat she already held. She actually got appointed to it by the governor of Arkansas, Harvey Parnell, after her husband passed away in November of 1931. So she had actually been sworn in in early December. She was a U.S. senator, and she ran for a special election and no one else in the Arkansas Democratic Party stood in her way, which meant in the solid South at the time, she was going to win. Arkansas, like most of the rest of the former Confederacy, was so solidly Democratic that there was no chance of anyone defeating whoever the Democratic Party got behind. And so it seemed that Hattie Carraway got this distinction kind of because no one stepped up because it was so sudden. Different states have different laws on special elections, It's a fast turnaround time that Arkansas had at the time, so no one did it. And becoming a senator as a woman the way that Hattie Carraway did wasn't shocking. Hattie Carraway was actually the second woman ever to serve in the Senate after Georgia's Rebecca Felton, who, like Hattie Carraway, was appointed after her husband had passed away. However, Rebecca Felton served for exactly one day, and it was nine years before Hattie Carraway was appointed. The notion that someone might fill the seat of their husband for a little bit, but not really be a politician, was what guided people to let Hattie Carraway finish out her husband's term once she was elected, especially because there was going to be an election in 1932 anyway. So you basically give Hattie Carraway a year to follow up on her husband, who was a well-liked and long-serving Arkansas politician. Thaddeus Carraway had been in the U.S. House from 1913 to 1921, and then the U.S. Senate for a decade before his death in 1931. So Hattie Carraway stepping into her husband's place wasn't that radical. On the other hand, she was only the second female senator. Women had only gotten the right to vote in 1919. And so there was a lot of talk of her special role at the time, but people didn't think she would stick. But she did. And part of the reason that she did stick and became an influential force, is that she was already the senator. So as the 1932 election unfolded, and again, because of the nature of politics in the South at the time, the only political races that actually mattered were Democratic primaries. So throughout the summer was the real contest. Hattie Carraway had the distinct advantage of already being a senator. And then there is another peculiar element to Hattie Carraway's political success from a modern standpoint, which is... Hattie Carraway was a pretty standard Southern Democrat of the 1930s. She supported New Deal legislation and programs that were offered by national Democrats led by Franklin Roosevelt. And in 1932, she was helped along by Huey Long, who at that time had himself just become the United States Senator for Louisiana after being its governor. Long is often portrayed as a demagogue for Louisiana, but he really did have national plans and Part of his national plans were to have an influence in Arkansas, and he saw his best option in Hattie Carraway. And it could be said that the 
political neophyte, the woman who doesn't have the backing was easy prey for the kingfish to come in from Louisiana. But there's another element to this. Hattie Carraway had Healy Long's politics. She looked out for the working man. She wanted help for people struggling in the Depression, but also had a nice thick layer of racism on top of that. With Long's backing, as she stakes her own claim in 1932, she wins the Democratic nomination and then inevitably wins in the fall and wins the seat outright for a full term. And actually, Hattie Carraway would serve until 1945. So she saw through the Depression, World War II, and the whole time stood as a great representative of Arkansas, which did kind of mean that many of her politics were quite unusual for at least modern sensibilities, but very much in line for the time. She became an ardent supporter of Franklin Roosevelt, who she thought was doing great work to get the country out of the Depression, but then did not support, unsurprisingly, his anti-lynching bill that came about in 1937. She also, interestingly, became known as Silent Hattie, or for a bit more of an obnoxious way of putting it, was described as a quiet grandmother who never said anything or did anything because she rarely gave floor speeches. She was always considered to be well-prepared. She went to committee meetings. She talked with fellow senators. She just didn't grandstand the way that people expected senators to. She also, interestingly, was on a number of committees, and she was the first female chair of a committee, naturally, which was the Enrolled Bills Committee. This is sort of the record-keeping, almost secretarial committee at the time. And it shows a lot of the sexism she faced. And Hattie Carraway's position on gender politics was maybe the most progressive thing she had at the time, but also not standing out there. She would remark that when she got the vote as the 19th Amendment came to be, she said, well, I just added voting to cooking and sewing and other household duties. She saw it as a very important civic duty, but she said, I have these other things to do as a wife and a mother. And then later on, remarking on her own reticence to speak, as many of her male colleagues did, she said that she just hated to take a minute away from the men. The poor dears love it so. In 1938, when Hattie Carraway was up for election again, she specifically faced a man in Representative John Little McClellan who said, I'm a man, so you should vote for me because you don't really think a woman can do this job, do you? And what's interesting about that is, of course, it doesn't work when you've effectively been representing your state. Hattie Carraway had already proven it. She was able to represent Arkansas. It's also amazing to think about the fact that Hattie Carraway was only ever one of two women in the Senate while she was a senator. And the other three, Huey Long's widow, Rose McConnell Long, Dixie Bibb Graves, who was appointed by her own husband to fill someone's seat, and Gladys Pyle of South Dakota, who was actually elected to a seat that she was not already appointed to, but did not stay in office very long. She won a special election and was only in there a few days. So Hattie Carraway was this groundbreaking woman in the fact that she did play an important role, and she would actually be the first female legislator to co-sponsor the Equal Rights Amendment. But she also was your average senator. In some ways, being the record breaker, being the person who shatters the mold, sometimes is helped along by doing the job just as well as all the people who had bumbled through it before. Really, other than being a woman, Hattie Carraway wasn't that distinguished a senator. 
She didn't leave behind a legacy of impressive floor speeches. She didn't leave behind some great trail of legislation. She was a noted prohibitionist who supported the New Deal, except when it would be extended to protect African Americans. In other words, she was a Southern Democrat of her era, but she was able to break the mold for women in the U.S. Senate because of that. And so Hattie Carraway would be the very first female senator to win an election to the Senate, which is what happened today, January 12th in 1932. That will do it for today's episode. But as always, please check back in tomorrow for a brand new episode because we are a daily history podcast and we put out a new episode every single day. You can also find all of our episodes on our website, ProductiveLeisureNetwork.com, and on iTunes and Stitcher. And if you're listening to us on iTunes and Stitcher, please subscribe to this podcast, leave a rating, and leave a review. You can also help us out more directly by going to our Patreon page, patreon.com slash ProductiveLeisure. Patreon is a crowdfunding site that allows you to give a small monthly donation for ongoing work. So if you enjoy this podcast and want to help keep it going, or hear brand new podcasts in the future from the Productive Leisure Network, go to patreon.com slash productive leisure right now. You can also follow us for updates on everything to do with the Productive Leisure Network on Facebook and Twitter at Prod Leisure. Thanks for listening and see you tomorrow.